You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Monday edition. We are breaking down NFL draft prospects. We'll be talking draft probably every day. Uh, through the end of April, and then again after we see who these teams draft through most of May. And look out for the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 that Matt and I will be hosting right here on the network at BD Peacock on Twitter, at Williamson NFL. We're talking wide receivers today. Go back to Friday if you want to hear the top three. We'll go over that top three of Matt Williamson's rankings and we don't really have them ranked all the way out matt from four to 20 or 50 or however many wide receivers you want to talk about in this class that could be drafted or priority free agents but i just want to go through and talk about some of the top guys and maybe our favorites and how we see the fits here in this extremely interesting deep class of slot wide receivers where's all the tall guys there there are no big wide receivers in this class this is the oddest draft class for wide receivers i can remember yeah, it is a really interesting class. I'm wondering some big picture philosophical things, you know, of or the style of these guys changing. Is it all about speed and quickness and playing in space? Or is it just an odd class? I mean, this is three years in a row that we've had an unbelievable incoming class to the NFL. I mean, another macro conversation is kind of like the running back one. Should I wait till day two to draft receivers unless they're unbelievably special? But I I did the top five rankings for Steelers.com seems like a million years ago. I mean, pro days hadn't even kicked in. I know so much more about these guys. Free agency. And I do think the top three stand alone. But my next one is Rashad Bateman. I think he kind of stands alone at number four. Bateman's an interesting one because he's been in this first round conversation for so long. And he's played more football than a lot of the guys. And he's mm-hmm. someone that is over six feet and that could be your target hog type of a wide receiver for an NFL offense and he worked out quite well the surprising thing for me was his speed he threw down a 441 at Minnesota's pro day but it showed up at only a six foot three eight and 190 pounds which is a lot lighter than I expected he was supposed to be up around 210 pounds right yeah that's something I want to talk about with him too because I'm not excusing him because first of all we know that that's how you know players do this I mean if you question his speed you lose weight and you run the four four one. Great. I mean, at least you show that you're fast. He doesn't play like a four four one guy on tape, though. But he also doesn't play like a hundred ninety pound guy on tape. The one thing I heard, which is just a huge weird year, is co- he got COVID at one point and it affected him pretty hard. I, I don't know what there's more to say about that. You know, I mean, like he lost a lot of weight and you know, might not even been at his sharpest a little before the pro day. So uh, that's something teams will know better than me. They'll know how to decipher that better than me. But watching the tape and knowing that he's capable of running low four fours, I think he has some Michael Thomas-like traits, Devontae Adams, you know, like these mm. physical good route runner, Allen Robinson, you know, like that mold of draft prospect where no one's talking about him in the top half of the first round, but then they catch – 80 to 100 balls for eight years in a row. Yeah, looking at his official bio, 6'2", 210 pounds. Why is it that wide receivers are the ones that that college teams lie about <laughs> they their lie size the most, so much? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, they want quarterbacks too. I think Russell Wilson yeah. was like 
six feet. Yeah. <laughs> if 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 your college bio says six feet even, you no are guaranteed chance. to be five eleven at, at the very tallest, and maybe five ten and a half. Yes. <laughs> and we're seeing that with a lot of these wide receivers too. Um, so Rashad Bateman is your wide receiver four. I think there's a very good chance he goes in the fourth round. And just looking at his overall, and when you put when you stack these players up, and you just look at height, weight, speeds, and and we know Bateman's been on the first round radar for a while, and he hasn't been talked about as a top five pick, top ten pick like Jamar Chase has. But Jamar Chase, exact same height, six feet and three quarters. Jamar Chase, uh, just a little over two hundred pounds, two hundred one at his pro day. High four threes in his forty yard dash. When you look at Bateman, who's six feet and three quarters of an inch and four four one forty yard dash, longer arms, you could see how you could make an argument for a team that is in the top five or ten of the draft to say, "Gosh, why don't I just drop back, get some extra draft picks if if a team wants to come up for a quarterback and just draft Rashawn Bateman later in round one instead of maybe spending the number five overall pick, say, on Jamar Chase." Yeah, yeah, right. I mean. Maybe Miami's that team where they say Sewell and Chase are sitting here. I'll take Sewell and end up with Bateman later, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think I did a mock recently where I had them take Chase and then they ended up with like Tevin Jenkins. I mean, so there's other good players there late too. So it's a good conversation. Um, The next conversation I would have, well, uh, my fifth receiver, I'm torn between Terrence Marshall and Elijah Moore. Let's talk Marshall first because he is one of the taller guys because more, I think, is going to lead us this conversation of these unbelievable slot speed small guys. Which is why I think Terrace Marshall goes first, right? He almost has I to because you. he's the only, he is literally the only wide receiver that's taller than six feet and three eighths, essentially, <laughs> right? Because uh, that's I a think day one or two pick that's, yeah. that's going to go in the first maybe one hundred players, yeah. yeah. And yeah, maybe well into the maybe well into the day three area. There's uh, the Stanford wide receiver, crazy, yeah. uh, Fihoko. Uh, there is uh, I'm drawing a blank. Nico I really Collins. like him from Stanford. I the, think he could be a sleeper third round guy in the Chase Claypool mold. I'm ooh, glad you brought him up. But yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay. But um, you're right. Marshall's the only AJ Green looking guy. Right. Six two and a half, two hundred five pounds. Ran uh, depending on whose clock you're looking at. Four four zero is what. Um, Dane Brugler has here in his beast and we'll probably reference Dane Brugler just because it's really easy to to see all the names and the height weight speeds here he has 440 and I've noticed that I don't know where Dane got his information but these are pro day times so who's it depends on whose watch you're looking at and I saw 438 439 for Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall at the LSU pro day Dane Brugler has 434 for Jamar Chase's 40 time, which is just ridiculously blazing. Wow, yeah. And then 44 flat for Terrace Marshall here. But yeah, six two and a half and you know, long arms and and he he's a younger guy too. He's actually younger than his teammate Jamar Chase. And he looks like that player that can give you a little something on the outside, a true outside wide receiver can give you something down the field, has a catch radius, but he can also run after the catch too. So I think teams are gonna really um, look hard at Terrace Marshall because he's the only guy in about the top 100 picks that's going to give you that sort of a profile as a taller number one potential type receiver in the NFL. Yeah, there's a lot to like. There's a lot of great traits. You wonder what what his you know stats would be like on a normal team without COVID, without Jefferson and Chase in his way. You know, if he would have just been at Oklahoma, I mean, wherever, without without elite players around him and got a chance to play as a three-year player or whatever. Um, I like him a lot, don't get me wrong. 
I see him mock to the Ravens over and over and over to the point where it seems like it's almost a slam dunk that's going to happen, which probably means it won't. Which means it can't but happen, yeah. <laughs> it, but my every time I see that, my one qualm with it is, although he's bigger than most of these guys, if you're going to the Ravens, you got to block. Marshall doesn't play real tough. You know, like I'm not saying, I don't know the kid, um, but he could use a little more glass in his diet. Yeah, he 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 could be a lot more of a glass eater, and I think it's one of the most underrated aspects of wide receiver in the NFL. You watch guys run around like Tavon Austin, you know, one of the funnest players ever to watch on the college level. The translation to the NFL, I might put ahead of height, weight, speed. Um, I would say toughness. You've got yeah. to not care about contact, win through contact, and you've got to be just a baller every single down and grind because you never know when the ball is going to come your way and you're not going to be running around like guys are standing still like you did in high school and college. No, you're right. I mean, I referenced Michael Thomas, and there's probably a lot of other names I could come up with. You line up in the slot and you know get tackled as many times as he touches the football and the hits you take – you know, you don't get bumped out of bounds outside the numbers by little corners and you got to block a little bit for Kamara and guys like that. And you got to have some physicality and you got to have some durability and toughness. And you don't associate that with that position very much. And sure, you can get away with, I'm not saying Randy Moss isn't tough, but I mean, you could be the Randy Moss, AJ Green profile yeah. and run deep routes outside the numbers if you're a star. But Man, I mean, it's a competitive position, and I do think toughness and competitiveness is very important. That's the top five wide receivers. I think that's pretty close to consensus, uh, different orders maybe, but you know, uh, if you took a poll of every analyst that's covering the NFL draft, in some order, it's Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, and the next two are Rashad Bateman and Terrace Marshall. So let's get into the diminutive guys, the sub-six-footers, yeah. all of these slot receivers in this draft, and maybe one player to me that's starting to stand out in that day-two area next. We're talking wide receivers today. Maybe you think you know the order that the wide receivers will get drafted this year. You can bet on such things at betonline.ag. A ton of draft props, first pick, second pick, third pick, when things start to get a little more interesting. Over-unders on where prospects will get selected. Fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball regular season now underway. Bet Online even covers awards and TV shows and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine to go along with table games and poker as well. And it's free to sign up, just head over to the website. You can use your mobile device too. Sign up today using promo code Locked On. Receive fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's BetOnline.ag for fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Matt, when it comes to the late first round, maybe most likely second round type of wide receivers in this class. The dynamic athletic ability of Kadarius Tony out of Florida. He's got a lot of fans. 4.37 at his pro day. He's just under six feet. I think 5'11 and a half, 193 pounds. And he can flat fly, could give you some inside outside versatility. I think a lot of teams might want to use him in the slot. But dynamic athleticism, where do you see Tony in this? Because I see him in the first round a lot with that conversation of Bateman and Marshall quite a bit. Yeah. And every mock I've done, I've sent him to the Saints at the end of round one. 
just because I think Peyton would be wonderful with him. You know, that as a third option, like if he goes to the Bears and has to be the number two and be on the field all the time, I have some concerns. And to be very honest, Tony would not be close to my top five. It's of these little guys. He worries me a little, like when all the the uh, dynasty fantasy that I play and locked on dynasty that we're going to record tonight. He won't be on my team because I think he's a very inconsistent route runner. I think he's a little too much specialty satellite guy as opposed mm. to route runner. Like I would much prefer Elijah Moore and some of these other smaller guys. That's interesting. And a lot of the reasons I never drafted any, I have zero shares at all in my fantasy and, and dynasty leagues of Henry Ruggs for a similar reason. I like yeah, the player yeah. and I understand the talent he had and I get why he would go number one overall, but a little high for me as far as the NFL draft goes. And then when you consider just the volume he'll collect most likely with his profile in his career for the fantasy purposes. I get what you're saying about Tony, and he's in that same realm for me, which how high he's going to have to. Now, if we're talking about a third or fourth round pick, you could steal in a fantasy draft. Maybe he could be on some of my teams. Or, But uh, when it comes to Tony, where he'll be drafted, how many fans he has, I'm with you. I'm probably going to have zero shares of him. Yeah, and he's a little taller than some of these other slot speed guys. But, you know, he's a former quarterback, and I've heard people make that excuse in his favor. Well, he's still learning the position. He was in college a long time, and he wasn't a quarterback the whole time he was there. He came there as an athletic quarterback. Quarterbacks should understand how to become route runners and what a quarterback looks for and all that stuff, too. You know, I mean, so he's fine. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like the offense might have to scheme him up more than – him beating press man coverage time and time again. I get there's a lot of nuance in route running, but, and I played a little wide receiver when I was younger. It's the position I played in, in football. Did not play it at you a high level. Yeah, did not play it at a high level. I was sort of the tall, skinny, fast guy. I played a little center field in, in baseball. That was my profile. Uh, I've grown right, out okay. of both of those positions. You'd probably look at me and think uh, maybe uh, I was uh, a move tight end at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> time to change a little, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but there's only nine routes that's the route tree right like there's there's other things to work out like how long how many years should it take for you playing at that level to be a pretty good route runner and be able to to run the nine plus some variation routes uh that's that's one of the things that is a little bit odd when people talk about the route tree oh it's gonna take them a few years like should it really take you 10 years to learn a route tree you should be pretty (laughs) natural at that pretty soon and he has probably a slightly better athletic profile than you did at the time, you know, a little bit. With no offense, you know, I mean, he's got a lot to work with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, well, so, so we had the top five there after Bateman Marshall at the end of the round one types, who's your next favorite guy? Because I think we might have the, the same favorite wide receiver six in this class. Yeah. And I might even like Elijah more, more than Terrence Marshall. That would be team dependent. He is somebody I want in Dynasty. I can envision him being a a 90-catch-a-year type of dude. I know he's small, but he is a very good route runner. I think he can line up outside and beat press coverage. I think he can be a very traditional slot. I think he has speed. I think he sets guys up. He's reliable. He's tough. I like everything about him. I mean, if he was a little bigger, great, but he's a mid-4-3 guy. 
dynamic and talk about routes i he's been yeah. undersold to me i was blown away when i started watching elijah moore out of old miss five nine and a half 178 pounds and i think that's the clear because that's not big but i think that's the clear separator between the other more rondale more in this class who mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the process was five, much seven higher. even yeah five seven work. flat 181 for rondale more that's a gadget player at best 28 and a quarter inch arms that's like a, a middle school sized arm length right that's that is a <laughs> right, right. small a tiny catching radius that is a small person as far as nfl standards go so you're you're not talking about a full-time player there that pushes him down the board quite a ways and i think people are gonna be surprised how late rondale moore goes and he might not even sneak into the second round range as dynamic as he is and then some injuries he's had on top of it elijah moore i think is my top pure slot type wide receiver and he could work outside as well but he can get you deep those slot fades with that four three speed yes. run after catch uh, he can run routes and get open too so uh, i think he could be a high volume slot type of a player he's really fun and I, I was blown away when i started watching elijah moore he's really good he's really good yeah i, I think he might be my number five certainly my favorite flavor of these styles i would take him over tony for sure um, just a Rondell Moore note while we brought him up. When I did my original top five, which again feels like decades ago, he was number five. And that was before his pro day. I thought he was five nine. He plays mm-hmm. very, very strong. You know, my concerns were boy, a lot of bubble screens, not a lot of traditional route runs for, for Purdue and injuries. But then you come in and you you, you multiply that by being five seven, even with those super short arms. You're, I mean, his hands are, aren't even eight and a half inches, you know, across either. I mean, you put him in a cold weather with an inaccurate quarterback. Are they ever going to complete a pass? Five nine one eighty. That's what Rondell Moore was listed as, and, and it looks a lot different when he comes in at five seven flat. That's really close to being five oh six seven, right? Five six and seven eight. Yeah, that that's is like Aaron Sproles, Tariq Cohen neighborhood, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about a gadgety type of player, and it's going to have to be the right landing spot for him to produce at a level uh, that could compete with this next guy for me, who's one of my favorites now in the round two range because he's different, because he's not your slot receiver, even though he's not big six feet and a half inch 189 pounds diami brown out of north carolina mm. four four speed he is your outside go deep track the ball uh, double move you want to th- get the ball down the field on the outside diami brown out of north carolina might be your last chance in, in the second round area yeah i mean he's marvin jones ish i'm trying yeah. to think of a good comp you know, something comp. someone comp. like that that does the little things well, but really is a deep guy. Um, I think he may even be more productive at the NFL level than he was at North Carolina, where they had those two awesome backs. Um, yeah, I like him a lot. I mean, I think he is maybe a top 50 pick, and people might be like, wow, that's kind of early for him. No, I mean, I think he's a really solid NFL number two receiver, which is a big compliment. I wonder if because there's so many of the smaller receivers in this class that teams will wait and we'll see, you know, five or so in the first round, maybe a couple early round two or something like that. And then maybe round three is where the big run on these smaller maybe. slot type wide receivers will happen. And I'd feel I start feeling a lot better about a lot of these guys. Amari Rogers, another one out of Clemson. I've seen him all over the place, five, nine and a half, but built like a running back. And in fact, I believe he was running routes out of the backfield at Clemson's pro day at 212 pounds. Uh, he will run through your arm tackles, slot receiver, hand him the ball, short catch and run stuff. Uh, you know, just that same type of guy all day. But this guy's got 
weight. He's heavier. He's actually the heaviest wide receiver that we've talked about in this class at only five, nine and a half. Yeah. Tackle breaker. Um, uh, yeah, he did do running back drills at Clemson's pro day. I don't know that he did get a lot of carries as a traditional eye back, but I think he will get the ball jet screen, you know, jet motion and things like that as well. Um, some drops here and there, but he's also these high volume receivers. Like no one complained about Wes Walker's drops. He had a lot of drops. I mean, he didn't have great hands, but mm-hmm. he threw the ball a million times, you know? So, um, you're going to notice you're going to, they're going to add up a little bit more with those type of players. He kind of reminds me of like a souped up version of Golden Tate. I mean, Golden Tate was a pretty good prospect early in his career. Golden Tate had the amazing ability to be a jump ball winner, though yeah, he was yeah. short and shaped like a running back. A really strange prospect Golden Tate was, and a really strange career in the NFL with his style of play. Like it's really hard to compare. I think just covering the 49ers, I see a lot of Debo in how he could be used with yes. that body type and, and run after catchability. Good one. And I'm not sure everyone knows this because they don't have the same last name, but he's T. Martin's son. And T. Martin's a very cerebral quarterback. I'm sure he had a very positive influence growing up. I mean, he, he knows the nuances of the position. Amari Rogers is T. Martin's son? Yes. I did not know that. Okay. Nobody that's knows a, that. Knows that. I mean, that's strange. That's a really good nugget. They're built so different. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. And that's a fact. All right, let's talk about some of our favorite sleepers in this 2021 wide receiver NFL draft class next. February has become my get in shape month. It's it's the way my life has gone the last couple of years. And after February, I was doing so well, things fell apart for me in March, trying to get back. Part of that for me is Built Bar because uh, it is a guilt-free snack. It tastes delicious. You don't feel like you're missing out on anything, yet you're getting all this protein and high fiber in a low sugar, low calorie snack. Are you hungry? Do you need a snack? Do you want something that tastes good but won't ruin your diet? It's easy. Built Bar. Power your workout. You need something to get you between meals. You're on a long drive. Pull out a Built Bar. You're good to go on your commute. Uh, you forgot breakfast. Grab yourself a Built Bar. For me, uh, I've, been, I've become a pandemic golfer. Still not very good. Grab a Built Bar in your bag. You're not cranking back some crazy Chili dog at the turn. Get a built bar. Get that protein inside you and power through the back nine. The very best part is you can go to builtbar.com right now and get 15% off your next box of built bars. Use promo code LOCKED15. Go to builtbar.com, promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your next box of built bars. All right, Matt, we've already mentioned a lot of shorter, smaller, slot-type wide receivers, but there's still more. Who are some of your favorite sleepers here, maybe third, fourth round, mid-round range that we're talking about? Yeah, I mean, there's five or six here that are probably worth mentioning. Uh, Tutu Atwell scares me. He's 155 pounds. You know, I mean, that's that's just too little for me. I really like Jalen Darden from North Texas. I mean, he's also a smaller guy, a little bit linear, but really explosive. Um, Demetric Felton is running back turned receiver, senior bowl. He played receiver, really interesting player to me. Uh, Kay Johnson didn't play this past year from South Dakota state, but is a prototypical slot that I like an awful lot, but my favorite, and I think he's got a chance to be a really good pro is Western Michigan's Dwayne Eskridge. I mean, this guy is fast, explosive. Yeah, short, but pretty well built. Plays physical, runs through contact a fair amount. He's a little overaged. His hands are a little small. But I just wonder, 
what if he was at Bama? Would he be a lot different than Jalen Waddle? You know what I mean? Like some of those mm. times, they, some of these guys, I kind of think about what if their circumstances were different? What would they look like? I'm seeing all these four three nines, and it's really frustrating because the forty times are really hard to trust this year without a standardized combine for all these guys to run in the same track with the same timing mechanism. Right. When, unless you know that it exists that I could find it, cause I'll pay whatever the cost is, I'll pay for it. Like I want the GPS miles per hour times. Cause it's so frustrating after the draft, I bet teams are leaning a lot on that as far as getting their speed numbers and not even paying much attention to what's going on at these pro days as far as 40 times go. And I've heard a lot of teams reference those miles per hour GPS times in the past after drafts and it's frustrating to get that information after the fact i want that information now that should be part of the draft process 2022 i want those in my draft guides i want the miles per hour gps times and if anybody out there knows where to find them hit me at bdpeacock on twitter don't you think that should be right around the corner like maybe that's something good that came from covid is we don't just rely on traditional stopwatch combine times that if maybe next year at this time, everyone will know the GPS numbers, you know, like they'll be yeah. as easily defined as forties. And we already know that these aren't gospel. We already know that's 40 times sure. and, and play speeds Weird. are very different. So it, you already take these with a grain of salt. And even now this year at the pro day times, it's like, I almost don't even want to look at them or reference them because they're, they're bananas. And then the other thing that gets me worried is you see a prospect who runs four or five, which is fine, but it's like, well, is he really four, six then? Right, 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 right. And one of the things when I first got into paying attention to such things, I was probably like eight or nine. I couldn't believe that people cared that much about one tenth of a second. And deep at my roots, I realized it probably isn't that big a deal when you realize how fast one tenth of a second is. But you're, we're, we're judging apples versus apples here, and they are lines of demarcation, and certainly um, not having a uniform combine setting has made this way more difficult. One of those players, four five nine forty at UCLA's pro day for Demetric Felton, former running yeah. back, sort of a hybrid type of a player, five eight and a half, one hundred and eighty nine, four five nine. Not a great workout for him. That might push him to an area where he could be uh, a real bargain for some teams late on day three, somewhere in the five six seven round range. You mentioned um, Jalen Darden as well. If if you're fine with the five seven receiver, you missed out on Rondale Moore. Go get the the you know the small school version. The North mm -hmm. Texas version of Jalen Darden late in the draft. Um, but Demetrik Felton's an interesting name for me. And I don't know if top speed even matters because of the style of player he is because you're not asking him to go catch the ball deep down the field. He's an underneath guy catch and run player. And I like his hybrid ability. I do too. And I think he'll be, his numbers don't really worry me. And it's funny, if you looked at him in the light of, can he be James White? Oh, okay. That's a pretty mm, good 40 time. Yeah. But when you compare them to Eskridge and more and more and these guys with four threes and whatnot, who he's really competing against, well, he's not as scary as them. You know, he's not going to run go routes out of the slot. And Anthony Schwartz, 425, the that? fastest 40 time in this class. Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn, six feet even, 186 pounds. He can flat out fly. Now, as far as a football player, I don't know, maybe that speed is going to get him overdrafted at some point. But if you want a pure blazer, there's your guy. Looks like a Raider. <laughs> Definitely. Al Davis would Al Davis would draft him <laughs> in the second round, even though he didn't have to. Yeah. I mean, th this is a world-class speed guy. You know, like... Some of these fast NFL guys are remarkably fast, 
but they pale in comparison to world-class 100-meter guys, you know, where this guy could be an Olympic-style runner. Do you have any other sleeper, favorite sleeper wide receivers in this class before we finish this up? I want to name one guy. We mentioned his teammate from Clemson in uh, Amari Rogers a little bit ago, Cornell Powell's Mm, fascinating prospect for me because first of all he's ripped and you can tell he's been in Clemson's weight room for five years because he's an older prospect he's a new I think he's 23 and a half years old fifth year senior didn't play at all hardly earlier in his career but had an awesome year in his final senior season at Clemson six feet he's listed as 204 he looks like he's about 220 pounds because he's rocked up you know four five speed fine speed but a player with a, a really late breakout age I don't really know how to treat him in this class yeah, I like him quite a bit. He's another one that I look at and think, boy, what if he would have committed to my Pitt Panthers? He'd probably be an early breakout age guy, mm-hmm. you know, catching 30 more balls a year. You know, in so many schools, you can mention that. Tough as can be, does the little things, physical. Coaches love him from what I understand. I mean, he could have transferred whenever he couldn't beat out Mike Williams and all these stud Clemson receivers. Yeah. But he stuck it out and the, his teammates love him. I think he's got a chance to be a really solid, maybe even a number two at the next level, maybe even a three, but I like him quite a bit. Uh, He probably would have been on my list. Certainly Josh Palmer from Tennessee, dreadful quarterback play there. And, you know, he was the only show in town, looked good at the senior bowl. I think there's a lot of traits there to work with. I think he's got a chance to be a, a high quality guy that, you know, the fourth round guy this year that, boy, he caught, 60 balls as a rookie and on the Lions or some team that doesn't have receivers. And then the next year he catches 75, you know, like I like him quite a bit. And then the other name I mentioned, and I use the Claypool comparison is the Stanford dude, uh, um, Fahoko. I mean, he's one of the only big Evan Ingram body types, but he's big and physical and can run. So he may get a, when he goes off the board and the, fourth round people might be like what i don't really know that name well he's a little different than the rest of the crew he might have a better career than his teammate that went uh in the second round famously ahead of dk metcalf a couple drafts ago uh and i do like what i see some of uh, fahoko there from stanford and they always seem to have the bigger bodied guys there they want to block mm-hmm. you they want to be physical but the workout numbers on top of it at six just under six four 222 pounds Four four three forty at Stanford's Pro Day, big 10-inch hands, so it absolutely looks the part when a lot of these smaller guys don't. You're 100% right. And it, and to the point of the depth of this class, what do we talk about? Maybe 15, 18 receivers today, at least we've mentioned. Yeah, We never even brought up Amon Ross St. Brown, Nico Collins, Tylen Wallace, just mentioned Tutu Atwell in passing. Like, those guys are five years ago or second round picks all day long. Amon Ross St. Brown really hurt in the post or the pre-draft process because he again, worries me a little. if you're looking for size, eh, he doesn't really have it. If you're looking for speed. Oh, there's all these smaller, faster receivers. He came in, I think he was listed 6'1". He comes in 5'11 and a half, 197 pounds, right at 4'5'9 at USC Pro Day. Again, that's a, that's a probably a 4'6 at the combine, right? So that worries me a little bit. And I was already kind of skeptical of a second round guy in St. Brown because I didn't see that juice from him. I think this hurts him. I think he's going to be on the board when round three begins for sure oh i do too i absolutely do and maybe even well longer than that um he reminds me a little bit of his you know former usc guy juju and 
with less juice than Juju. That's yes. hard to say. <laughs> and Juju doesn't have as much juice as people think. One more name I want to name here. One of my favorite sleepers in this class. Talking day three prospect. If you do need some size late in the draft at wide receiver, love the ball skills from Austin Watkins out of UAB. Six, mm. one and a half, 210 pounds. Uh, I think he just had his pro day in the last couple of days, you know, four or five speed. Not a ton of explosive ability, not a quick twitch guy, but something about his ball skills, the way he goes up and gets the ball and he can get open. Austin Watkins, late day three, is one of my favorites. Okay. I, I'll be very honest. I don't know much about him other than he was a good sized UAB receiver and I knew the name. And when I scrolled down to see it, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to have to dig into him a little bit. And then I saw the name Des Fitzpatrick at Louisville, too. I mean, I think he's got a chance to be a pretty good player. Again, over 6'1", big frame, not super explosive, but goes over the middle, toughness, things we mentioned before. And again, uh, Shai Smith, another slot guy, 5'9 half, 185 oh, yeah. pounds, 4'4", four, four speed, just you know, kind of gets lost because he's similar size to all these other guys. So how will those slot players rank out for NFL teams is going to be a fascinating storyline in this draft when we start getting to those middle rounds. If your team needs an explosive slot, you'll get one. Absolutely. All right. Good stuff. That is the sleeper wide receivers, the, the four and beyond in this class after the clear consensus top three in Chase, Waddle, and Smith. There's a, a lot of different flavors, but especially that short, quick slot type receiver in this 2021 class. We'll keep breaking down all the positions in the NFL draft right here on Peacock and Williamson, along with all the latest news Catch us on all of your favorite podcast apps and stay tuned for the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. Talk to you tomorrow.